This is episode number 242 of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. We're so excited to have you with us on this episode of To Birth and Beyond. I'm Jessie Mundell, mom, kinesiologist, and fitness coach to pregnant and current moms. And I'm Anita Lambert, mom, pelvic health and orthopedic physiotherapist with a focus on women's health. On the show, we provide information and education on fitness, the pelvic floor, fertility, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and women's health. We offer a brave space to have candid and vulnerable conversations on the struggles and joys of motherhood, including all aspects of our physical, mental, and emotional health. While you're listening in, please remember that the information on the show is not meant to diagnose or treat any medical conditions. Please speak with your medical provider for all things related to your healthcare. We're so excited to have you. Let's dive into today's show. Hello, friends. It's Jesse. Before we get into today's episode, I am so excited to tell you that we have a brand new offer that we are finally introducing to you, and it is called the Summer Strength Challenge. It is officially open for enrollment, and you can get your spot now. So the Summer Strength Challenge is going to be a 10-day live experience with me coaching you along through those full 10 days. You will be having five different strength training sessions that you're going to intend and try to get to during those 10 days. And also you're going to get two live strength classes with me during that time period, that's going to count into your five. So we're trying for five workouts within those 10 days. The workouts are all appropriate and intentionally designed for pregnancy, postpartum, and parenthood. And the beauty of us doing these two live classes, you can come attend and actually work with me live during those sessions where I will be offering cues, strategies, and modifications for whatever you might need in your body at the time. We will have folks who are in all trimesters of pregnancy, various stages of postpartum who are experiencing different core and pelvic floor symptoms or sensations that they want feedback on. So not only will you be able to learn directly from me on whatever is going on in your body, but you'll also be able to see me and hear me coaching other people who might be going through similar stuff as you are. So the summer strength challenge is absolutely not meant to be something that you feel like is super intense that we're trying to change the body composition in any way. It is meant to be light and casual and fun and really experience what your body can do, how your body feels when we approach exercise and movement with this feeling of flexibility, with this intention of seeing what do we need to feel well? How can exercise help support us along in our body and in our life? So go ahead. You can register now for the Summer Strength Challenge. The link is in the bio of today's show, and I would absolutely love to work with you in August through these 10 days, and of course, have our coaches and the community to support you along as well. I'll see you there.
Hey friends, it's Jesse Mundell. Welcome on to the To Birth and Beyond podcast. Today is a replay episode. I still get so many messages and comments from listeners about this episode that is titled Untangling Your Body Composition from Exercise. So this one resonated with a lot of folks because this is something that a lot of us have really dealt with, are dealing with, are trying to work through. And that is, how do you lessen this grip of making exercise all about changing or controlling your body shape or size, which is something that I have basically been burning down and rebuilding for my own self over the last decade, because I used exercise as a tool to absolutely control the shape of my body for so long to the point where the thought of movement and exercise and strength training was just misery. By the time I got to this point 10 years ago, when I just could not continue thinking about exercise in this way, there was no joy. There was no fun. There was no curiosity. It was just this thing I had to check the box on. And I didn't want to experience that for myself or for my clients any longer. So in the show, you're going to hear myself and my friend, colleague, and the co-coach here at my business, JMG Fitness, Tara Abel, talk through. So we have similar but different experiences, and you're going to hear about that in this episode, but how we have now come to this place where exercise isn't misery. It's not a thing that we have to do in order to keep our bodies being a certain way. And you'll hear about how we have gone through this and what we allow ourselves to experience exercise as now. So do enjoy and please do send me a DM on Instagram to the podcast at to birth and beyond podcast or at Jesse Mundell if this drives for you. I would love to hear it. Hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. It's Jesse Mundell. And today we have such a special guest, my friend, colleague, co-coach, Tara Abel, who's joining me for this conversation. Tara, welcome back to the To Birth and Beyond podcast. Thank you. I am so happy to be here again. Yeah, a repeat guest. How fun. Oh my gosh. I never thought I would see the day that I got to be a repeat guest. It's a, it's a special day. <laughs> so friends, what we thought we would have a conversation about today for the show is basically how both Tara and I as, you know, humans in the world, but also fitness professionals too, kind of started to untangle our relationship from our body composition, body size, and exercise. So what I mean by that is, how did we move away from using exercise as a tool to control our body composition? And we both have really, I think, quite different histories in this, but also some similarities too. So we'll start off with that really is 
how did we get to the point where we were using exercise in maybe a problematic or harmful way for us? And then we'll also go on to talk about how we moved away from that, because this is a conversation that comes up with our clients so often, both myself with my fitness coaching and Tara too. We both do work within pregnancy, postpartum with moms and parents, and it can be so hard for people to even see that this could be a possibility for them when they are really deep in it. And I know that's how I felt too. It's just like, I didn't think that there could ever be another way that exercise was always potentially going to feel like this thing that I was a bit trapped within. So Tara, you go first. When did exercise and your body and all that stuff start becoming something that you realized that you're using exercise in this way to say, keep your body a certain way, a certain size, a certain composition? Yeah. So when I first started exercising, I mean, in a strength training capacity in a gym setting, um, that was after the birth of my two kiddos, my oldest two. And I had them really close together. They're 13 months apart. And in those pregnancies, I mean, at the time, I mean, you know, to understand a little bit of my background too, I'm adopted and I had no idea um, about birth or pregnancy or how bodies change. I didn't have a roadmap for that or really any warning. And I also had my first kid very young. Um, And so I was the first of any of my friends to have a baby. I had no idea what to expect. And so for me to see my body after, and I think this can happen for anyone really, whether you had an idea or not, because everyone is so individual, but it was pretty shocking. I don't know, like it's, it's almost funny now, but at the time thinking back, I, I don't know what I thought. I guess I just thought the belly goes away. I don't know. And, and you just kind of move yeah. on with your life and put on your own clothes and just, you know, go about your business. That is absolutely not what happened to me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I, for myself, I gained a significant amount of weight. And at the time I thought that was, you know, problematic because it was, you know, this was also, I mean, my oldest is 11. So there was very much not the movement that there is now regarding bodies. And the messaging was very much, you know, the bounce back and everything to do with exercise and bodies at the time was all, let's fit into your genes. Let's, um, you know, let's, you know, the message was basically, let's make you look like you've never had a baby. And if you look like, if you looked, look at all, like you had a baby, somehow you failed. And there was, you know, a whole host of things that went with that. And so I decided that what I needed to do was to start working out because I mean, at this point in my life, I hadn't, I, I, it wasn't that I didn't have body image issues, but I had never equated them with exercise. Exercise was something I did when I played hockey, when I played soccer. Um, and I and strength training was something I did ev- if ever to support that. But all of a sudden it was like, okay, you need a tool. Um, you need something to, you know, get your body back or whatever, you know, go backwards in time, which was never going to happen. 
but I gave it a good, a good try. And so I started doing workouts at home. Um, and I would make myself do these 20 minute workouts every day. And I remember there were times that I would get up. I remember one time I went to bed, I would have had two, maybe toddlers, probably one toddler and a baby. And I went to bed and it was 10 o'clock at night. And I got out of bed to do a workout because I hadn't got in my 20 minutes that day. And at the time, I thought that was a badge of honor because I'm like, you know, go me. This is this is how you do it. You be consistent. Um, but it became an obsession. And with that was coupled, you know, it was coupled with food control. Um, you know, it really very much, looking back now, um, I also didn't realize how how poorly my mental health was at the time. And so that became another a way that my anxiety like it it made me feel like I had control so I couldn't control how hard it was to have two kids 13 months apart to be on you know we had moved cities I was on my own you know no one else had kids all of these things it was really really hard um but I could control the shape of my body I could control how much the scale went down and it became a complete obsession to the point where I did lose you know, a lot of weight. And then that was, you know, only fueled by all of these folks, well-meaning, but that were, you know, wow, you look so great. Wow. You look like you've never had a baby. Wow. You know, and I, it only encouraged me and it made me feel, I think like, oh, maybe I can still go back to that version of me. I was before I had kids because it was hard for motherhood to change me so young and so I mean it was just and so it got to the point where the rock bottom was eating disorder levels of food restriction um obsessive levels of exercise you know I remember points where I went to the gym to do it was something like a step up and I almost passed out on top of the bench at the top um and not having the energy to do anything else being really irritable all the time And then just finally realizing this is not, you know, I wouldn't even say it was that crystal clear, but looking back now, that's, you know, what, that was the lowest of the low for me, but from the outside, it very much was almost, it's almost like if you were to put it on a graph, there were opposite ends of the spectrum of the amount of praise or um, acceptance that society and and well-meaning, you know, people were giving me for my body when you match that up with my mental health, it was, it just completely, it was completely the opposite. So that was sort of my, that was my low point. That was where, how I started to use exercise as a means of control. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I bet people are just nodding along with you. So relatable in so many ways. So how many years did that go on for? So I want to say that that was, you know, I think my older two, like I think the youngest one was probably about, quite honestly, it probably, you know, they were, you know, the youngest one was four when I got pregnant again. And one of the things of being of my fear of pregnancy, and I'm sure you hear this a lot from clients and friends is, you know, well, I just really wanted to get back into shape, whatever that means, before I get pregnant again. And one of my fears was that I was going to um, be in a bigger body again. 
And so I think, honestly, when I think back, I probably was still equating the two. And after that pregnancy, um, after I had my third, so this honestly was probably five, like at least five years where there was no, there was no time until after that, when I started, especially to take on um, and to understand what our bodies go through um, in a pregnancy and what was required, what, what could, you know, to, when I started to reframe, I guess is about, is the way I want to say this. When I started to reframe what exercise could be and how, and what it could be used for was really after that third pregnancy, when I wanted to feel better in my body, when I started to run into complications that I was coming up against that I, you know, couldn't really get past until I acknowledged those things. Um, and once I started educating myself, it was really, it wasn't until that point. And I think that's when my eyes started to open. That's by no means when this, when this came to an end, but uh, it was probably a solid five years of that was all it was for me. And it was deep in the deep, <laughs> deep end. <laughs> yeah. Been there, been there with you. Uh, okay. Yes. So relatable in so many ways. So let me go through mine and then we'll go to exactly what that last thought is having on when it started to shift for you. So yeah, mine was, mine was very different than that, but so many of the same feelings for me, the first time I think that I put together that exercise was related to my body was when I was eight years old in gymnastics. And I remember this moment so freaking clearly. I was watching these older girls who were in the competitive gymnastics team do, they were flipping, they were doing like backflips and front flips off these blocks. And I was in a recreational class doing lower level skills and in that moment, I saw their bodies and most of those girls' bodies that I was watching on the competitive team, they were smaller, leaner, and I felt like my body was bigger than theirs. And in my head, I remember thinking, if I want to be on the competitive team, my body's going to have to look like that. If I want to do gymnastics like them, my body's going to have to look like that. So eight years old was really when, yeah, I first had these thoughts Side note, I was flipping today on the trampoline, doing the skills that those girls were doing in this 34-year-old body that is, you know, the biggest size my body has been. So yes, we can bust all these ideas about what bodies look like to be able to do things. Okay, so from there, that was honestly like such a long history of being a young kid of being in high school, of being early 20s and using exercise to control my body. Same thing as you, like doing the workout tapes in my bedroom, my childhood bedroom when I was like 14, 15 years old, wanting to be on sports teams in high school because I realized that doing that exercise and the training with the team was gonna help keep my body a certain size. 
so many moments of thinking, I need to do this amount of exercise in order to burn this many calories, in order to keep fitting into these clothes, in order to keep my body from being this small and not letting it get bigger. So that was for me, like the bulk of what I remember from being a kid, being in high school. And then my early 20s was when I became a personal trainer. Yeah, I used exercise as a tool to control for another, say, like five-ish years until mid-20s. So it's funny, we were kind of coming out of this around the same time. When I was a personal trainer, I would be working 6 a.m. till 7, 8 p.m. with clients in the gym like really demanding, exhausting work and feeling such stress and pressure to also be fitting in my own workouts. And I would, and I was so tired. I was not eating enough or feeling my body in appropriate ways for that level of activity. You know, I have such vivid memories of feeling like if I didn't exercise five times that week, or if I took more than two rest days off, then I felt a lot of stress and anxiety about that and what would happen to my body. And I also think that's so interesting because now if I work out two days a week, if I strength train two days a week, like that is so wonderful. And that feels so good for me. So just again, another note that we really can shift these ideas that we have about exercise. It just might be a journey for you. So do have hope. So for me, it was about nine years ago that I restricted and decided that I was going to use exercise as a tool to control my body really for the last time. I was doing some restrictive behaviors right before I got married, which was almost nine years ago. And after that, that was really the last time where I was like, this is misery. I hate this. Exercise is no fun. Coaching clients was becoming no fun and something needed to give for me. So the way that I started coaching really started to change because I was changing within my own self too, realizing that I wanted to find some joy in movement and I wanted to be less afraid of what my body was going to do, how it was going to be, how it was going to look. I wanted that for myself and also for the people that I was working with. So let's put a pin in that. Let's go back to you. So you were saying that within that third pregnancy you were having, you started to realize that, yeah, maybe this could be different. Maybe I could approach this one differently. What happened? Yeah. So first of all, I just have to say eight years old, that breaks my heart. Um, And I, it's such a thing because I see it already like there's been comments that you know and we're so I'm so careful and on guard we have conversations about this all the time in our home and we're very all bodies are good bodies and you know all of these different mindset shifts that we I've made sure to implement and that I model but I you know the comments already from such a young age and I'm just going where on earth did you hear that but they pick it up right and it's just Gosh. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. So for me, um, I, yeah. So when I was, because I was dealing with, um, severe diastasis and pelvic floor 
um, pelvic floor dysfunction. I really, I, I had to tackle those because if I couldn't, then I, you know, at the time believed, well, I couldn't exercise. And so in dealing with that, and that's how I became a coach, um, was because of all that information that I learned that I thought, you know, women really need to know this. Um, parents need to know this. This is not talked about. This is not okay. I can't believe I didn't know this. And that was so pivotal for me. And my focus just started to shift because once, you know, I, I know you've mentioned this with other topics before, you know, once you pull the curtain back, once you see it, you can't unsee it. And it just was kind of like that. It was just like, Jenga once I pulled that you know back and it's and you look at that and you go wait a minute if this is where the focus needs to be why on earth is the focus on this other thing that isn't something why are we focusing on that and then you start to unpack and then like you I I I mean I was afraid to become a uh, a fitness professional in any capacity because of I I was I knew we weren't done having kids I knew that I was probably going to be in a bigger body at some point again and that I wouldn't be able to control that. And I was terrified of being judged for my body or having the pressure of being judged because I think, you know, I could play it cool about that, but internally what that was doing to me and the amount of stress that I was under, I just thought, is that something I want for the rest of my life to buy into this industry where, and also to put that pressure on other folks, that was not something that I wanted. But I have, I really do have, and I'm not, I'm not just saying this, I really do have you to thank for so much of it because it was because of seeing you show that example as well. That was so huge for me and being able to say, hey, we're more than our bodies. And I started to see that message and it was so powerful. And I, I just, I wanted to be a part of that. And it was almost like you could see the freedom. And I was just thinking... I need that. I'm done with this. I cannot do it anymore. It is not sustainable. This is not joyful. This is not something I want for, you know, for my children and I'm just done. And I think, but it really took being forced to shift the focus because what happens, you know, in parenthood is often you cannot control all the things. And before with my personality, I really thought if you just tried hard enough, right? <laughs> yeah. Same. If you just tried hard enough, it was, uh, yeah, you could do it. You could do all the things and you could measure the food and you can count the calories and you could exercise for exactly this amount of time and follow the perfect program. And it just crushes you. So for me, it was really a matter of having that education but then also starting to find happiness in training again and reaching goals. Because the thing is, when you are not eating and when you are using exercise as a tool and you think that you need to do things that are very, very boring, the same boring bodybuilding program over and over and over and just going in there, like, I, I do not care. I do not care about that anymore. <laughs> and it was not fun. And when you are not eating, you can't really work hard. But when you start shifting that mindset and you actually go into a gym and experience what it feels like to be strong, for me, I just fell in love with that. You know, I started to hit goals basically that had nothing to do with how I looked. And in some ways, 
that in and, in and of itself did shift the way that my body looked because I couldn't restrict food as much anymore or I didn't want to um, because it would affect my performance. And also I actually started to um, do CrossFit as well. And I found that that also changed just the appearance of my body. And some of it was, you know, stuff that I was at first, you know, there were moments, there's always moments where you go, cause it's not a linear journey where you go, oh yeah, look at this. Maybe this is how I get my six pack. Still has not happened. Never going to happen. It's cool. I don't care. But there were, you know, there've been moments, but I think for me, when I got into that form of working out, you're not thinking about what your body looks like. You're just trying to get through. And it's so much fun. Like I just, love it. And I love, you know, and like, you know, hitting heavy deadlift goals or, you know, mastering a lift or a movement or a skill that you couldn't do before. And finding for me with CrossFit, it was that community, but it's just, it just, you know, and it was important in choosing how I was going to proceed with exercise. I had to like it. I had to not have that pressure. There was no way I am joining a gym or any kind of fitness community with that message about, you know, I don't want a trainer yelling at me about bikini bodies. I don't want their, you know, their lose 20 pounds and win your money back. I don't want any of it. I, I can't be surrounded by, and, and, and not even just in a, well, this, it doesn't have to be for you, but this is our, our message. Like, no, I don't want that. I don't want to walk past the posters. I want to go and I want to show up and I want people to see me for more than my body and to have a community where everyone is respected and encouraged regardless of their fitness ability as well, because that's also a very ableist view of things that we're only encouraging people who are, you know, to tie people's worth in with their fitness level. So that's for me, what I've found in the community that I have and for what, and what I try to provide for my clients as well is that safe space because it's just, I just, I can't anymore. I'm not about it. I can't do it. I don't want to be around it. It's not authentic for me, but it's really, you, you have to find a place that allows you to feel those things. And I think it's really hard to shift. I mean, I, it's still hard now. It's still hard. Well, we can, we'll get into that. I'm sure, but it's, it's still hard now, but it's definitely hard when you're making that transition to be in those same spaces, mentally and physically, to be in those places where that pressure is being put on you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, so good, so good. The next stuff that kind of brought me out of tying exercise to my body was really similar to your third pregnancy. So I, for so long, said, no, I'm not having kids. I'm not getting pregnant because I was really nervous about the body changes. That's really where most of that stemmed from. And I was working with pregnant and postpartum people like from the get-go of personal training. So I had really seen all this stuff that my clients were going through and yeah, the body image troubles and distress that so many people were feeling. 
So by the time I got to mid twenties and was thinking, I I can't do this anymore. I'm so bored of this. I'm so exhausted by this. So similar to you, like no joy in exercise, not fueling my body to actually be able to find this fun in any sort of way. But I was also really thinking that you know what, at that point, we did want to get pregnant within the next couple of years. And I knew for myself, I had to do some very focused work on my body image to be able to go through that experience safely, mentally and emotionally, because I could just imagine how not well I would have been through pregnancy, but specifically postpartum too. So I did a lot of work within like the couple years leading up to getting pregnant for the first time and throughout that pregnancy, just knowing that I needed to take care of myself so well. I needed the relationship with my body to be really flexible and easy as much as possible through that time. Because of course, with my history, I have this disposition to body changes being really difficult at that time. And what was so cool was that I was able to just kind of settle into that pregnancy and that postpartum experience. And I felt, yeah, like I was, I was able to be in it and present and I could feel some level of comfort in seeing my body shift and change in the ways that it did. What was so interesting though, it was then looking back at my second pregnancy and postpartum time, my body changed so much more a few years later with that second pregnancy, my body just, it got a lot bigger and it stayed bigger after that pregnancy and has three years postpartum after that one, my body has just stayed a lot bigger. And I have also been doing the work throughout this time period too, to just, again, settle in be present, do all the self-talk, know that bodies change and get bigger and shift. Maybe they get smaller. Sometimes we don't know what's going to happen. So how can we just be able to be in it and exist and enjoy our life in the version of our body that we're living in right now? So that has fully been my intentions throughout two pregnancies, two postpartum C-section recoveries. And I honestly... I'm so proud at the work that I have been able to do because I just know that it could have been so different and I would have been so miserable and my experience honestly in motherhood would have been completely different had I had I not pulled myself out from it in some way and of course there's so many layers of privilege that goes into even being able to do that and to have resources and of course, like my body size, you know, my identities, my race, like they all play a part in this conversation. So I think that's always super important to recognize. But I do think that, yeah, there might be some gems in here that people listening in can pull from and just know that yeah, these experiences that you and I are talking about are so common, so common for people. And what makes me so sad, especially for the folks that we work with, often moms, is seeing how the body stuff takes them out of their experience living in their lives. That is the stuff that is so deeply painful to see. Oh my gosh. Yeah. 
I like I honestly feel emotional (laughs) it's such a it just hits on such a deep level for me because yes the amount I think that that was really also what it came down to was just okay you can spend all of you know whatever vacation with your family thinking about how many times you could have been at the gym or when you could fit in a speedy quick workout you know like there's all these let's work out on vacation if that makes you feel good great but if it's because you are trying to control the fact that you're going to have ice cream later I mean do you want to just eat the ice cream with your kids because you can do that and it doesn't need to be you have to you know make up for it or go double time in the gym when you get home like it's just it's heartbreaking and I think it becomes I mean, similar to what I was saying about how you can't, they just can't coexist. It's not sustainable. You have only so much time. You can't control everything. So it becomes sort of this choice that you're forced with. It's like you said, be in your body. It is what it is. It allows you to do what it allows you to do and enjoy it and enjoy your life and be there. Or you can be in your head, counting calories, being miserable, thinking about how much time this could, you know, like is going to take you on a run to get rid of. I mean, it's just, it's, you know, it becomes a choice between living in a body that's not your, your uncontrolled body type or being happy and what, you know, what do you want to do? I feel like it, it really, for me, and it sounds like for you came down to that. Yeah. Yeah, it really, yes, it was. And I think that it even still is. So that's what I'm interested in for my last question for you. What is it like for you now, today, in 2021? Oh, wow. I'm not going to lie. This has been a tough year. I mean, I don't, that goes without saying, but I mean, a tough year, I think, um, from what I've heard from clients, from what I've seen in myself, in my friendships, um, it's a hard year for bodies because what we have gone through and, you know, we're, we're processing that, you know, we're, we're trying, we were just all trying to survive, literally trying to survive. And so for a lot of us that meant less activity, um, some of us had that activity taken away from us or the time, you know, a lot of the privileges that maybe we had childcare, whatever, um, even honestly, just the will to do it, the energy to do it. Um, There were lots of times I have, quote unquote, no excuses. I have a gym in my basement and I could go down there, but I didn't do it all the time. And that is fine. And it really became, you know, looking at the whole picture and having to say what is going to be the best for me on a whole person level right now. And what I found 10 years ago or, or, you know, whatever it was, when I was going through that and what I, and what it is now was the same. It came down to mental health for me. Um, Something had to go. And honestly, there were a lot of, you know, things that went on personally and in my life this year that, I mean, the fact that I came out of this year (laughs) still (laughs) in one piece, my, my mental health is still hanging in there. it's, I am proud of that. And, and you know what, sometimes that meant that I eat a lot more food. I have absolutely come out of this pandemic with a much larger body, um, probably than I have since the first time 
that I, that I decided I had to be in a smaller body and lose weight and all of these things. And that has been hard. It has been really hard to come to not, I think to just it, to let it be what is, to let it be what is, and to not say, you know, to not be afraid to go back to the gym, to not be afraid that someone's going to say, you know, wow, you've, you know, your body is bigger. You've put on a lot of weight. Like it's a negative thing. And, you know, and, you know, honestly, I just had to tell myself if that's, if there's someone who I've come out of this year and gone through the things that I've gone through and that's what they want to talk about, like, cool, you're not the person for me and your opinion doesn't matter to me because for myself, I'm still standing and that's what I've had to focus on. And honestly, this year, when I wrote down goals for 2021, because I do that because I like Liz, uh, changing my body was not on there. It was all healing and mental health and emotional health and well-being and all of these things. And right now, and probably ever worrying about that, worrying about how I appear on the outside, it's just not that important. It's just really, it's really not. So while it's hard, the body image part is hard. I think learning to separate body image, because let's be real clear, it doesn't matter how small I ever was. I was, I look back at photos now and it is scary to me how I appeared. Like it is disturbing to me. And it was never enough. It was never like I looked in the mirror and thought, oh yeah, I'm crushing it. I can give this up next week. No, it was always, and then even if I ever felt like, okay, maybe this is it, you're always like fighting for it, right? You're, you're still going, what if I slip? What if it goes back? What if, what if, what if? And living in that place is awful. And so it doesn't matter, like body image and exercise or goals or like, and these things are not the same thing. And so feeling at peace with my body and how my body actually appears, again, two different things. And so I'm going to work on the being at peace part. Sure. But I am not going to work at the overexercise, overdo it and make fitness about that. And I think this year as well, the other thing was that the only reason, one of the only reasons aside from therapy and wonderful friendships uh, that I was able to get through this year was like exercise was that thing that I didn't have to think about what was going on. And I could just let go. And it, it really got me through. And so I think that helped to establish it as something completely different. And it was 100% the only reason why I was still exercising, if I was at all. And that was hit or miss, to be very honest. But, you know, honestly, looking back in terms of did I use that as a tool to support my mental health? And am I proud of my record, my track record, yeah, I did. I am. I'm proud of that, but it has nothing right now to do with that. But that's not to say that I don't still struggle with body image, and I very much still and always probably will because I'm human. Yeah, I think that's something that's so important to highlight is that it might still be hard. It might continue to be hard for a long time, maybe forever. I have similar feelings to you. I think that this self-talk around my body is probably a thing that I'm going to do until my last days, which yeah, makes me bummed to some degree, but 
I think, yeah, given the culture that we live in, it just makes sense, right? There's a lot of standards and pressures and expectations and real benefits and privileges that come with living in certain types of bodies. So that is real for people and, you know, especially real for some groups of people more than others. And like you're saying, yeah, body image is, uh, it can be tough for people in all kinds of bodies, even those who are close, the closest to these quote unquote standards of the ideal bodies that we see within our societal ideas. So yeah, body image can be tricky, tough for all the people. It might be something that you do a lot of self-talk work around for a long time to come and it's still valuable and it's still the best thing that I've ever done for myself. Honestly, it is the best thing, the most important work that I've likely have ever done and will ever do in this lifetime. So for me, yeah, my goals are continually always to have a fluid, flexible, easy relationship with exercise. Yeah, I think that that really for me has never felt better over the last couple of years. And like you're saying, my body is the biggest size it's been aside from pregnancies. So that just proves to me that it is possible for me to be okay with my body composition being all sorts of different ways. So having like those literal reps under my belt is something that I take comfort in. So you, our listeners, you might too. And again, just reminding yourself that what Tara was saying, if your body is perhaps larger than it's been in a long time, or maybe ever coming, (laughs) we're still in this pandemic, maybe we'll come out of it some year. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know anymore. (laughs) Like that doesn't mean that you need to change your body shape that doesn't mean that you need to get smaller. Perhaps this version of your body will continue to last for, I don't know, months, years to come. Maybe that could be okay too. Maybe this is not a body that needs to be changed. Maybe it's not a body that needs to be changed from exercise or from any means at all. Yeah. And I wanted to add as well, because something that was a real revelation for me as well, because you were talking about, you know, for some folks who live in typically marginalized bodies, this is, this was really such, I mean, I think it's so important to, when you're, when you're thinking that there's something, you know, wrong with your body, or there's something not okay with how it is, or the fact that it's bigger, asking yourself, why? can be really beneficial because we know that there are, you know, inherent privileges with being in a smaller body. Absolutely. Um, But I think sometimes we don't always see it. We don't always see how much that can be at the root of so many things. And I think for myself this year, I mean, this is kind of a whole can of worms, but I have to give the background without it being, or else it's not going to make any sense. But basically, because like I said, I'm adopted, I didn't actually know my heritage 
And my whole life, I thought I was supposed to be Asian, which are very often, you know, typically of a smaller body type. Turns out not Asian, uh, black. And that makes a lot of sense for me. It felt so good to claim that. But once I realized that, it's almost like I saw myself so differently. And I would see other, you know, strong black female presenting bodies in fitness. And I could see, oh, right. That's, that's my body. That's what my body looks like. And realizing this whole time that I have been striving for this tiny ideal, thinking there was something totally wrong with me. I didn't have this stereotypical, you know, white, white, tiny body that I didn't even realize that I was striving for. I didn't even realize that that was the standard I was trying to achieve until I finally could see myself outside of it. And my thighs, my butt, they're not going anywhere. That's part of who I am. And the only time they're going to go anywhere is if I literally starve myself and don't live my life. And so that is no longer going to happen. And, you know, embracing, embracing your, yeah, I don't even know how to say it. Like your uncontrolled, your uncontrolled body tape, like your natural body tape, who you are, um, can be really powerful. And again, like looking at why do you think that you should fit this image can be a really powerful thing too, because I think for so many of us, our bodies are not meant to be that and genetics are a huge factor. And in the fitness industry, I'm sure, you know, you know that it, it's not all what is, is being presented. And I think that's really important as coaches to acknowledge is a lot of the times when people are claiming that their exercises or whatnot are going to get you a certain body type. It's first of all, often not true. It's genetics. But even if so, it's like, why? Why? What is it about that body type? Why are we all aiming for that? And once you look at that, you can't unsee it. That's exactly it. Yeah. It's like we are making our bodies problems when there's no problem. Uh, yeah. Well, thank you for this conversation. I really, really appreciate it. Where can the people find you on the internet? Oh, where can the people find me on the internet? Okay. Well, I am on Instagram. Um, at Tara Able Fitness. And I have a website, taraable.com. And I mean, I'm kind of on Facebook. I'm really terrible at being on Facebook, but you can find me there too. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll post all that in the show notes of this episode. Tara, thank you. We could talk about bodies for, you know, hours and hours and so many days. And I, uh, yeah, I love these conversations with you. So thank you for coming on. Yeah. Thanks for having me. And truly it's been so helpful for me to have your example and your friendship and for, you know, the community that you've created as well with like-minded folks, you know, it makes those tougher, the tougher days easier and it makes those changes you know feel much more supported and I really really appreciate that so thank you thank you yeah and I hope that from this conversation people can see themselves in us as well
We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. You can find any links or resources we discussed in the show notes at tobirthandbeyond.com. And if you enjoyed today's show, we would love for you to leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe to the To Birth and Beyond podcast in iTunes or Stitcher. 